I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 454. And welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I'm always on the lookout for fresh inspiration to share with you to read God's word for yourself. And the overall premise of the podcast, of course, is to use contemporary Christian music that you may already be listening to to inspire a place in scripture to study. And then I share my Bible interaction tool exercises, I call them bites, to equip you to interact with God's word once you've landed in that place of study. And I generally hit up the top Christian music airplay list and then I choose from that. But this week, my inspiration came from from a place a little closer to home. My oldest daughter recently attended Passion 2023 in Fort Worth, Texas, and this is a conference for 18 to 25-year-olds, and she shared music with me for three days. That really stuck with her. So this week, we will be using Sean Curran's song, All Praise, to inspire our study. In case you've never heard it before, let's listen. Before we dive into the song, I want to share a little more about the Passion Conference. First of all, from a personal standpoint, I think it's pretty cool that I went to the very first Passion Conference in Austin, Texas in 1997. And then 26 years later, my daughter attends that same conference. But what strikes me first is just the faithful servanthood of the people putting it on. You know, so many times we have conferences that come and go, and and sometimes for good reason, but God saw fit to to keep this conference going for these 26 years and his servants have walked it out in obedience. Um, And aside from it being cool that my daughter is a legacy at this conference, one report uh, had me absolutely giddy. Now the theme of the conference has always been to, to desire God's name and renown above everything else. And this comes from Isaiah 26, eight that says, yes, Lord, walking in the ways of your, the way of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desires of our heart. One speaker, uh, the Emily report, that one speaker stood and shared that the name and the renown of the Lord are revealed in his word. And so the desire of our hearts should be also to know his word, music to this mama's ears. Uh, Maybe she'd heard that exhortation a time or two from me. I may or may not have forced my kids to listen to my podcasts on the way to school sometimes, but uh, this just wasn't just lip service from a speaker because what he did next was to stand on the stage among 10,000 plus 18 to 25 year olds and quote, from memory, Romans 1 through 8. 
And then he walked off the stage. And my daughter reported that the presence of God in the room was palpable, that the attendees responded in worship and even surrender as another pastor came to the stage and opened the altar to respond to the call of God on their souls. And the word of God was spoken and responded to. And that's what I from what that's what I want for myself every day. And so as we consider the worship response of our song that we're using this week, we see two things. Fixing our eyes and praise. And I've spent some time in my past studying this phrase, fixing our eyes. And in fact, I can refer you to episode 331, kind of as a perfect partner episode to this one. And the reason is that before I started the podcast, I wanted to create music that pointed us to scripture. I wasn't gifted in this area. I just have to be honest. God showed me later that the songs had already been written and sung by those who are capable and talented in that. And so that's how the podcast was born. But the phrase did turn into a song that will never see the light of day, except maybe in my shower. But the scripture meditation goes on. So here we go. We are going to meditate on fixing our eyes on Jesus in Hebrews chapter 12, fixing our eyes on God's commands in Psalm 119, and fixing our eyes on things that are unseen in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. When we do that, it's easy to see how that leads to all praise being lifted to God. So let's start in Hebrews. We find the phrase fixing our eyes on Jesus in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The uh, Lexham English Bible uses the exact phrase that we're looking for. Uh, It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the originator and perfecter of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So the first Bible interaction tool exercise that we're going to use is to read in context. And I loosely define this as reading the chapter before, the chapter, and the chapter after. I cannot do this with you on the podcast. I wish I could, but I challenge you to do this on your own this week. Um, And don't rush through it. Just give it, you know, you've got an excuse now to read three chapters in God's word. How great is that? So when you read chapter 11, you will enter the hall of faith. And these are descriptions of people of old who had faith. And the author of Hebrews highlights this. And the very first thing that jumped out at me when reading this chapter 11, heading into chapter 12, where I'm learning about talking about fixing my eyes. And again, that is not just my sight, but my attention, my fixing my eyes. Uh, It's found in the first couple of verses. In Hebrews chapter 11, um, uh, first couple of verses jumped out at me. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, by faith, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So scripture is teaching us here that faith is in the realm of the unseen, but by faith, we understand that the things we do see were created by the word of God. So you can see that by reading in context, you you begin to gain perspective on what we're studying. So as you continue to read in Hebrews chapter 11, you're going to see the phrase by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith repeated. And so by this assurance and conviction of unseen things, these men and women of God lived their lives. As I read, I was struck by the amount of unseen and unknown things that these people stepped into. Uh, 
this is not how we like to live, is it? <laughs> At least I don't. I like things to be mapped out. Uh, I realize unexpected things pop up, but I really like these assurances and uh, I want to be able to see where I'm, I'm headed. And then I read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. All right, they lived by faith, the assurance and conviction of unseen things. Uh, they followed an unseen God who, who, and then they had unseen promises. They were unfulfilled promises in their day. And yet scripture says that they saw these promises. So t- take the bite of meditation uh, this week on this idea, the, the kind of seeing that we're talking about in this verse is a different kind of seeing, isn't it? Uh, it's a spiritual seeing. It's a seeing of the unseen Keep that in mind as you keep reading through chapter 11, 12, and 13. So after reading chapter 11, the therefore that begins Hebrews chapter 12 will make a lot more sense, right? So let's read Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So keeping in mind all of the people discussed in Hebrews chapter 11, we are then called to do several things. And so let's take the bite of making a list out of these verses. So according to Hebrews chapter 12, we are to lay aside every weight. We are to lay aside every clinging sin. We are to run with endurance the race set before us. And we are to fix our eyes on Jesus as we run. And Jesus is our perfect example. And we can consider our verse again, uh, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Like the people described in Hebrews 11, Jesus could see the unseen. He was fixing his eyes on the joy set before him. Like the people described in Hebrews 11, he endured. Unlike the people in Hebrews 11, he not only had faith, but he designed and perfected it. You know, they were not the designers of their own faith. Uh, He has received the promise of living in the presence of God forever. He is seated at the right hand of the throne of God, even as we speak. Now, we're going to move on, but I want you to keep reading. You can learn even more. You'll learn you need to fix your eyes on Jesus so that you will not grow weary or faint hearted as you endure hostility in life. Uh, you learn that you need to fix your eyes on Jesus because it'll help you understand God's discipline so that you can um, also so that you can live in peace with others as an example of God's grace. Uh, you need to learn how to fix your eyes on Jesus because you can see what is unseen. You can see the joy of the hope set before you. You can see the coming kingdom. Your faith has made the unseen visible to you. And that deserves your undivided attention and all praise. All right, let's move on to Psalm 119. Now, this is the longest psalm of the Bible, and it may take some time for you to work through. I do encourage you to read the entire thing. Um, That is how you read in context. That is how you take the bite of reading in context in the Psalms, which is just to read the entire psalm. This one's kind of a doozy, but for our purposes today, we're going to focus in on the first section. Now, this psalm is an acrostic psalm. It uses the letter, um, each letter of the Hebrew alphabet to group thoughts on the word of God together. It uses 
a variety of words to describe God's word. For example, it will say word or promises or laws or statutes, decrees, commands, commandments, precepts, testimonies. These are all kinds of all these different synonyms of words to refer to the word of God. Now we are going to read the first section verses one through, uh, I'm going to read one through seven. I think the, the whole section is one through eight under the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet Aleph. So Psalm 119, one through seven, blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You've commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame. Having my eyes fixed on all your commandments, I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. Now, verse six is where our phrase is found. My eyes fixed on all your commandments. So I want to make another list. This is another Bible interaction tool exercise, making a list. Uh, What reactions to God's word can we see just in this section? So on my list, I have walk in the law of the Lord, keep his testimonies, seek him with our whole heart, do no wrong, but walk in his ways, keep precepts diligently, steadfastly keep statutes. So let's go back to verses six and seven. Uh, Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. So other than do no, the do no wrong phrase and the not put to shame phrase, everything in this section is a positive action. This is a very forward motion, not a reaction. So when you are walking and keeping and seeking God's word in your life, what does this scripture say are the results? Blessing, uh, righteous living, shame free living, and an upright heart that is overflowing with all praise. You know, when our attention is fixed on God's word, we are setting aside all distractions. Uh, But what I see when I meditate on these verses is not what I shouldn't be looking at, but what I should be looking at. When I'm walking in his ways, I'm automatically doing no wrong. When I'm fixing my eyes on God's commandments, I'm automatically free from shame. Don't forget, as you meditate on this section of scripture, that all of the words used are various ways of saying God's word. So don't get hung up on the word law or commandments or things like that, statutes, precepts. All of those, again, are synonyms of ways of talking about God's word. Have I convinced you to make God's word an integral part of your daily life? I I really want you to live blessed and righteous and shame-free with an upright heart that is overflowing with all praise I hope that you want that for yourself too. So let's round out our study this week by heading over to 2 Corinthians 4. Now, why 2 Corinthians 4? Well, because of verse 18. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So again, what are we doing? We are fixing our eyes, or actually this one is saying, don't fix your eyes. Don't turn your attention to the things that are seen, but rather turn your attention, fix your eyes on the things that are unseen. Are you getting as excited as I am? Because we're learning more about what scripture wants us to fix our eyes on, what, what, what scripture wants us to turn our attention toward. What are we to look at? The unseen things, the eternal things, the things 
Jesus looked at. We just started there, right? The things the men and the women in the hall of faith looked at. The spiritual things. The eternal plans and promises of God. And where are these found? In the word of God. And what does walking in the ways of God found in the words of God lead to? Living at peace with others as an example of God's grace. It leads to blessing and righteousness and shame-free living and upright hearts overflowing with praise. All of these these things are coming out of just the study that we've done in Hebrews 11 through uh, 13, in Psalm 119, and now in 2 Corinthians 4. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. It gets even more exciting when you read 2 Corinthians 4 in context with all of these things in mind. So when you back up to 2 Corinthians 3, you will see Paul describing the veil that Moses put over his face so that the people of Israel could not see the glory of God fading. So Moses's face would shine like a white LED light after he met with God. It's actually kind of a cool story. I encourage you to read all about it in Exodus chapter 34 if you're not familiar. But the veil was put there to keep the people from seeing the glory fade. The veil was put there to keep the people from seeing are you hearing it? Listen to the conclusion that Paul writes as he considers this picture in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 12. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the old covenant, that same veil remains unlifted because only through Christ is it taken away. So you see, we're not like Moses. We have a hope that will not end. God's word reveals a hope that will come to pass. And faith gives us the seeing eyes that we need. Our fixed gaze on Christ as our example makes us bold. And as I keep reading, I gain even more perspective. Verse 15, yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, The veil is removed. We know this. We know this from what we've studied, right? We must turn toward the Lord in order to see. Think about the words of Jesus in John chapter 3. He was having a chat with Nicodemus and he said this, Truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot see until you're born again. In verse 5, Jesus goes on to say, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So you see, you cannot see or, or enter until you're born again. But if you are born again, you can see, you can enter. And this is the hope upon which your life is built upon. Your marching orders are to fix your eyes on the example of Christ. Fix your eyes on the life-giving word of God. And don't get distracted by the things we can see, but rather fix our eyes on the unseen. And how can we do this? We'll just keep reading in 2 Corinthians, verse 6 of chapter 4. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. There is no way to unpack all of of 2 Corinthians 3 through 5 right now. (laughs) We're at the end of the podcast. But trust me, when you read it for yourself, you will see a veil in chapter 3, a light in chapter 4, and the hope of glory in chapter 5. It's so cool. So to tie up what we see in 2 Corinthians, let's look at chapter 5, verse 7. It says, we walk by faith, not by sight. 
and I think it's a perfect place to end. All right, so what's next? Well, read Hebrews chapter 12, read Psalm 119, read 2 Corinthians 4, read all of these things in context. Keep in mind what you can learn about where to fix your eyes. Identify and note the results of your undivided attention in these three areas. And then use this week's song as a reminder of what you're learning as you read in context, as you make lists, and as you meditate on God's word. And by all means, don't do any of this in a vacuum. Share with a friend. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. You can hop on Twitter or Instagram at michellekneezat. Michelle L. Nizat is my public Facebook page, and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network. Check out other podcasts in the network and Christian music resources at newreleasetoday.com. I would be honored if you follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. But if you sign up on my website at michellekneezat.com, then I'm able to email you once a week with the show notes of all the scriptures I use and the links to resources that I use in my personal study. And my featured free resource for email subscribers this week is a one-page PDF of my top five bites. Get started moving beyond uh, merely reading scripture. Just start interacting with it and use this tool to help. Head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. And with that in mind, I want to thank some of my newest subscribers who've subscribed lately, like Nicole from Tennessee, Sarah from Ohio, Amy from Michigan, Tina from Michigan, Laura from California, and Dana from Mississippi. Welcome. Now, don't forget, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellenizat.com through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. And while you're in those apps, would you please leave me a review and a rating? That would be so appreciated. It helps new listeners find me. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be featuring Perfectly Loved by Rachel Lampa to dive into scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 454. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.